Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I hope that you're having a wonderful day. I am really excited about today's episode. Friendship has been a big theme that has been coming up for me the last couple of years and something I've been kind of bringing awareness to and wanting to be a bit more intentional about because as we'll discuss in the episode, being in your mid-20s in the period of time where you're transitioning away from environments and spaces where friendship and opportunities to meet people is a lot more accessible than it is when you're kind of in the working world and into a regular routine and it seems like everyone's kind of doing their own thing and it's just a very interesting transition that I think can be challenging um, at least I found it to be in some ways. Personally, I've been going through a lot of big transitions and moves and entering kind of a new chapter of life where my friends, friendships are shifting and the way I go about forming and maintaining friendships is evolving and shifting. I've heard so many people, again, talking about this transitory phase of life in our 20s where people are graduating, starting jobs, moving to new places and new relationships, starting families even at the phase of life that I'm in and how difficult it can be to essentially find our place within those transitions and adjusting to changing friendship dynamics because it's definitely a transition that I think a lot of us are feeling. We may have become so accustomed to opportunities for friendships being really accessible through school and work and sports to now entering this chapter where those opportunities aren't as available, especially if you, like many of us throughout COVID, work from home. And what I do want to say before getting into this episode is first, don't be ashamed of feeling lost and lonely or even having the desire to make friends. I feel like for some reason it can be seen as embarrassing to basically admit that we are feeling lonely or like we don't have that many friends. I posted an Instagram sticker about this a while back and someone responded that it's considered an awkward thing to say as an adult, hey, do you want to be friends? Even though it came so natural when we were younger. And this is so interesting because I just remember as a kid, you know, you'd go to a park and you'd meet basically any kid that you would see at the park and just immediately ask if they wanted to be friends. You'd play with them. There wouldn't really be this awkwardness, at least that was what I experienced. And then you kind of go your separate ways and that was it. And I find that, at least for me, being open and vulnerable about this topic has made me available for these conversations and being able to realize how many of us are feeling this way. Personally, with all of the moving around I've done and life transitions I've gone through in the last couple of years, I find myself feeling like I didn't really have a solid friend group 
And basically that if I didn't now, like if I didn't already have that established, it would just never happen for me. Someone also responded to the Instagram sticker, basically kind of echoing this sentiment saying, you know, we already assume that people our age have an existing friend group formed and that can be kind of intimidating to feel like we don't have that yet. And ultimately, whenever I find myself having this type of attitude towards something that doesn't feel expansive and doesn't feel supportive of what it is that I desire, because ultimately I would like to have a friend group. I would like to have a solid group of friends. And I do believe that this can be found at any age. So I've been expanded by shifting into the belief that Well, like I said, this could happen at any age. It's never too late. And even if we've experienced something in one way up to this point in our lives, it doesn't mean that that's what we have to project into the future. And also feeling validated by realizing that so many of us are in the same boat. I do think it's important to bring some awareness to some of the shifts that we're going through as we, or that we may go through, I should say, as we transition into adulthood because these do have the ability to impact, in my opinion, the way that we navigate friendship. And so to be able to understand and give ourselves a little bit of forgiveness because of the big shifts that we're going through and then to understand that it's completely fair that that would be difficult to navigate and take a minute for us to reorient ourselves in relation to the impact that that might have on our friendships. The first shift I want to speak about is pretty obvious and basically when we start to enter the quote-unquote real world, life starts to get busier, we begin working separate jobs more or less, living separate lives, and someone said on my Instagram sticker, it changes from expecting friends to be wholeheartedly available to now life's busy. And another one, it's so much harder to create and maintain connections when you're not in school together every day now. And then also someone said, work takes up so much of my social battery. And so I want to speak to this transition for a moment because quite honestly, feeling overwhelmed by social schedules and not wanting to pack my social schedule too tight because I feel like it wears me too thin and like this person said my social battery and my kind of energy just tends to get drained when I overcommit myself but this really isn't something that I ever remember feeling throughout childhood or even adolescence or even in university I personally have always been someone that has kind of thought that I was more in or excuse me extroverted I used to always want to be surrounded by friends and I think partly that was because of like obviously this isn't the only reason but I do think that partly I earlier in life felt that I needed to validate myself by being surrounded by others and so I was actually kind of scared to be alone and the thought of spending time alone felt embarrassing I just didn't really have any value I guess during that period of my life for alone time and for taking breaks from you know social spaces and social environments I don't really know when this started to change for me I actually think 
if I could pinpoint it, I spent a lot of time alone when I traveled abroad to Thailand. I taught English in Thailand for a semester and it was one of the most profoundly lonely experiences that I've ever had and I at times very unpleasant in that way. But I will say that I grew a lot closer with myself and I came to love my alone time during that period. So whether it's a combination of that as well as kind of going through my own healing journey and feeling a lot more comfortable on my own and doing things on my own and not always feeling like I need to only do something when I'm with someone else. With all of those changes combined as well as the pandemic that kind of took a couple of years out of our social life and the impact that that had, like not to get into that because I think it's pretty clear that that impacted a lot of us in relation to being used to kind of being alone again and being in a small space or a small circle. And so all of these changes combined means that now that I am re-entering the period of kind of wanting to put myself out there a little bit more, I just moved to Vancouver. I moved to Vancouver right before the pandemic, so it was kind of tricky at first because then you're in this place of being in a new city and you don't really have any opportunity to meet new people. And I'll get into a little bit about how I started to do that. But essentially what I'm speaking to here in this shift is feeling as though friendship in early life or access to opportunities to socialize and have friends was a little bit easier. It's not to say that making friends and maintaining friends was easier because as we all know, if you're a listener to this podcast, that was an area of struggle for me in different ways as a child and that struggle that I went through, I guess, in early life continues to impact me in different ways even now. But what we're speaking to here is just things feeling different now. And it kind of feels like everybody is on their own path and kind of doing their own thing. And that makes it a little bit more difficult to start to form friendships or to maintain friendships. I've even begun to notice that everything has to be so scheduled, it's a lot less casual or it feels a lot less casual and perhaps we have more kind of, what's the word I'm looking for, more fears in relation to what it would mean to call someone and they're not available, for example, like this fear of rejection that didn't seem to be as prominent, at least not for me as a kid. I would, I actually remember a specific example of this friend that I wanted to become friends with this person. And almost every day I would bike to their house and just see if they wanted to come on a bike ride with me. And like, I would just knock on their door and I wasn't even friends with this person. And funny enough, they quite regularly said no. And I'm sure it bothered me to some extent, but I was just so much more willing to put myself out there to organize things, to invite people to my birthday party and not be so paralyzed with fear whether or not they would show up. So, you know, that's something that I've been trying to reconnect with is just being willing to, number one, like I said, be a little bit more casual in relation to friendships, drop in on people if they're open to it and, you know, give people a call and see what they're up to and not feel like everything has to be so planned and so 
you know, organized in advance. And another shift that happens, at least what I'm finding, especially in our 20s, this for me happened, I would say, in university, was we start to learn more about ourselves and the world and our core values. Aside from our actual life circumstances changing or lack of proximity to our friends, we may drift apart also when we notice a misalignment of core values or no longer share common interests. I think this can be sad in some ways because we have so much shared history with people, but I do think that it's a very normal transition. We are shifting into completely different versions of ourselves. I know for me personally, I am very different from the person that I was when I was even 18, 19, 20. And so it's understandable that my friendships are evolving, the people that I surround myself with are evolving. And yeah, I think that can be a difficult transition. I've spoken about this before, but what I learned through having experienced social exclusion a lot in different ways in my early childhood, the kind of lesson that I learned and how I learned to fit in was that I had to change different parts of myself in order to be accepted. So I had to kind of create this version of myself that felt inauthentic in order to have friends. So without really recognizing that I was doing this and kind of that process feeling second nature, what happened was I remember in early university being in social circles and just realizing that I didn't really have a lot of depth or much in common with some of the people that I was friends with besides, in my case, drinking and partying. I really feel like the friendships that I was seeking out during this period of time were to prove that I was cool and that I could fit in and that I could be part of kind of a popular circle because that was something that I didn't necessarily feel in early childhood. And so it's almost like I was playing out this opportunity over and over again to kind of regain that sense of control and regain that sense of something that I had felt out of control in in early life. But then kind of going through this process of realizing that I didn't really feel close with anyone. I didn't really feel like I could be myself with anyone. I kind of felt like I was putting on this facade and I didn't feel confident in being myself and knowing that these friendships would kind of be sustained if I was myself. So that can be a tricky shift. And someone said on Instagram, it's sad having to let go of friendships that don't align with my core values and beliefs. And someone else spoke to the other kind of thing that I went through, which is it's hard to find friends that don't want to drink and party all the time. And I definitely think that if we took a closer look at this, that doesn't necessarily have to be true. I think for me, I was seeking out and immersing myself in spaces that were focused on that. But what I've started to find is as I've kind of shifted away from that focus, there are so many people that are not kind of into drinking and partying all the time. And again, maybe this is the transition of being a little bit later in my 20s, 
But I do think that if we are willing to seek that out, those friends are definitely available. It can just be, as I said, a shift and a transition, at least from my perspective, away from that being the focus of our own lives. So the shift that we're speaking to here is sometimes it can feel like pressure to maintain friendships simply because of history and shared memories. And it can feel kind of heartbreaking to let that go when we sense that at least where we are at in life right now, this friendship isn't really supporting us. And friendships do take effort and do take energy like any relationship. So if we're feeling that perhaps it's not reciprocal anymore or we don't share the same values anymore then it's completely normal and natural to allow ourselves to evolve away from that. But with that being said, it doesn't mean that it's an easy transition. I know that one of my childhood best friends, someone that I was so closely knit with, we have so many shared memories, we are not friends at all anymore. We don't talk. We don't... I know nothing about their life. I actually ran into them recently when I was back visiting back home and it was really awkward like we had nothing to talk about and that at times is really heartbreaking for me because it's so weird to think about how we can be so close with people for a period period of our lives and then just not be able to really interact anymore and that can almost feel like a breakup interestingly I'm not sure if anyone else experiences that but I think childhood friendships especially ones that are really really close like this one was they kind of at least for me they kind of have this like really prominent space it seems in my psyche and with this particular friend I dream about her not in like a weird way (laughs) I just dream about our friendship very often in almost a heartbreaking way it's always there's always a sense of sadness to it and I don't know what place in my psyche that's coming from but again I think it's just this kind of heartbreak of realizing that as we go through life this happens and we evolve away from certain people that we were once really close with and I think it's okay despite it being kind of heartbreaking and sad for our friendships to naturally evolve and also we don't know for certain when or how they may they may come back together and while I think it's completely normal and natural to evolve away from certain friendships I think sometimes too we think that because we have changed internally that it's not possible for us to maintain certain friendships and I do 100% think that it's natural for friendships to evolve and fade especially when our core values feel out of alignment but there is this thing that I, I don't know how to articulate it but I'm going to try that I think is more so a distancing that we do to ourselves that doesn't always have to be that isn't always necessary I should say I think that this specifically happens in two instances the first instance is when we perhaps leave where we grew up and I know for me this is like a toxic thing that 
I know it's not just me who fell into this kind of way of thinking, but there's almost like this sense of superiority for leaving your hometown and putting yourself into a new environment and traveling. But first of all, I just want to bring awareness to the fact that just because we leave where we grew up doesn't mean that we can't still relate to and connect to people who have chosen to stay. I think a lot of the time we're fed with these narratives that, I don't know, they create, they invoke a sense of superiority. And I'm calling myself out here. So I'm not saying this is the same for everyone, but I I think I went through this phase where I thought that just because I went away to university, I went pretty far away from home. I kind of thought that that meant that I had to give up all of my old friendships because I was changing and evolving and, you know, not really giving people credit that they were changing and evolving as well. I think I have it in my mind that when I'm going through something, when I'm going through change and evolution, we kind of, I'm only speaking for myself here, but I automatically assume that other people aren't going through that same transition. And Another area that I started to notice this thought process coming up was in spirituality. I I just don't like this narrative that happens because I think again it invokes a sense of it invites us to feel a sense of superiority, which is that I think once again it's natural and normal to evolve away from friendships when our core values change and when we feel ourselves change. And obviously, if we're going through a spiritual process, that can be very amplified. But at the same time, I I just, it doesn't sit well with me, this narrative that you're going to lose all your friends if you go through a spiritual process and people aren't going to understand you and you're not going to be able to relate to anyone and you're not going to want to do small talk anymore. To me, that kind of defeats the purpose of spirituality. I do think that there's value in having different types of friendships and not all of them have to be rooted in spirituality. For example, I think core values are really important and having shared values are really important, especially when it comes to things that are important to us and topics that are important to us. Of course, alignment in those areas is, in my opinion, going to be important. But at the same time, I think just with any kind of narrative that we hear that is wide sweeping. So for example, if you go away and travel, you're not going to be able to relate to people that don't do that. Or if you become spiritual and have some sort of awakening process, you won't be able to maintain any of your old friendships. If you listen to this podcast, you've probably realized by now that I'm the type of person that kind of questions and analyzes a lot of different things and for me wide sweeping statements like these I see it all the time on social media I see and I'm not trying to shame anyone I'm just trying to open up a conversation and kind of bring in a different perspective I don't necessarily think it's always the most healthy thing to push these types of narratives because I do think they can invite a sense of superiority. And again, I'm only speaking for myself here. I'm calling myself out because I went through this process massively when I first started exploring my spirituality. And I also think that it leads to unnecessary in my experience, potentially unnecessary distancing from people who we haven't even really given the opportunity to 
show us that they're in alignment. We've just kind of assumed these were my friends before my spiritual awakening, and I've heard that I'm not going to have those friends anymore, so it's natural that this is becoming a little bit more distant. So anyways, that was a little bit of a rant, but it's just something that for me has not really been a very healthy way of thinking about things. And I'm not saying that that isn't true to some extent that friendships change. I think when we bring awareness to ourselves and the world in different ways, of course, things are going to evolve in different ways, but it's not going to look the same for every single person. And it doesn't necessarily have to mean that we let go of and cut everyone out of our lives. Another shift that I want to add is it feels like priorities and milestones that are deemed as more important by society in our 20s and adult life don't necessarily, from my perspective, include friendship. We're kind of expected to focus on the advancement of our career, finding a relationship, buying a home, starting a family. In the last couple of years, I've noticed for myself, I'm kind of going through these motions and prioritizing what I'm supposed to be prioritizing without even really being aware of it. And then noticing that I've actually failed to prioritize in the way that I would like to and attend to friendships in the way that I would like to. It's the first time in my life that I've been in a long-term partnership and the majority of my friends are also in a long-term partnership as well. So this is such a stark difference from what it was like for me growing up. I never had a partner. So the focus of my life was friends. And interestingly, I seem to be friends with a lot of people who were also single. And so it's just different for that to be shifting. And I guess in more recent years, it's kind of just felt like I've been going through the motions prioritizing what I felt like I was supposed to prioritizing, supposed to be prioritizing, and just realizing that I wasn't really bringing to the table what I wanted to in the friendships department. It's kind of like starting a new job and then being kind of consumed by the job and being a year in and realizing that you really haven't set up a good work-life balance. But I have had moments more recently of recognizing how important and powerful friendships are which has really encouraged me to reconnect with my desire for friendship and reconnect with my intention what do I want to bring to friendship what do I want to receive from friendship and how can I cultivate and evolve the friendships that I do have into being really nourishing and supportive of both parties and My belief is that it's always possible to course correct, even though it's an area that for a while now I've felt out of balance in. I think it's totally understandable that it takes us time to orient ourselves to these new chapters of life. And as I've gone through the process over the last few years of identifying my core values and understanding my intentions, the clarity of how important friendships to me is has risen back up to the surface. So now I can actually be intentional about how I go about initiating, forming, and maintaining friendships and about the experience I want to have and also give others in friendship. I don't anticipate or strive to be perfect, but the reality is I'm trying and I'm learning and I'm willing to put in the effort and be open about the fact that I'm putting in the effort 
rather than shying away from it. I think giving ourselves permission to try in the friendships department, despite how cringy or embarrassing that may feel, is really important. I don't know why it feels cringy or embarrassing. Maybe that's just me. I definitely don't feel that way anymore. Like I have no problem putting myself out there in the friendships department. But there was a period where I found that really intimidating and embarrassing. And I think it's rooted in the fact that we expect that everyone has it all together and they already have that area of their life kind of solid. And to be someone who's trying in that department for whatever reason can feel a little bit vulnerable. So validating our desire to have friendships and high quality nourishing relationships, believing that's possible for us despite where we may be at right now in life or where we may have been in the past, what we may have experienced, and then starting to take the micro steps to initiate this process and ultimately invite more of it, more of it into our lives. That's kind of the whole philosophy of thinking expansively is not projecting the life experience that we are currently having or that we've had in the past into our future and recognizing that there are so many more opportunities than we could ever possibly imagine or ever possibly even have to form friendships and to form meaningful friendships and supportive friendships despite where we're at right now and what we may believe. So being able to bring awareness to actually what it is that we do believe about ourselves and our friendships and of course if you're going through the design your character process this will be part of it you can work through that category and bring awareness to some of the fears and insecurities that you may have and be able to address them so that you're not continuing to project those fears and insecurities into your future something that i've learned about myself over the last few years and i've learned to appreciate this about myself is to bring into question commonly held narratives that we have about things. Because if they're being held in kind of a collective way, if we're all kind of... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Latching on to the same narrative about things, the reality is that those trickle into our psyche. So for example, the narrative about spirituality and how when you go down a spiritual path, the odds are that you will likely lose a lot of friends. I think part of the journey of kind of self-awareness and being able to actually take things that we're hearing collectively through more of a filtration system is really important so that we're not just inheriting these collective narratives as our own and then kind of acting out as though we believe those narratives. So in this part of the episode, I by no means am trying to devalidate. I always say devalidate. I don't actually think that's a word, but you know, I'm not trying to bring into question the validity of narratives that you have. I'm simply inviting us in this space to try to form perhaps more supportive narratives. And that doesn't mean that the experience that you've had, if you've had a challenging experience with friends, it doesn't mean that that's not valid. It simply means that there are other possibilities for you to experience and I think the more that we allow ourselves to see ourselves as someone who could be open to having a different experience I just think that's a much more expansive way to go through life and that's kind of something that I like to do so I'm just kind of inviting you along in that process and to be able to just basically try a different narrative it's almost like trying on different clothes okay I've had this narrative with respect to friendship for most of my life let's see what a different narrative would look like. And it's not always as easy as jumping from one narrative to another, but just being open to different possibilities, I think, is more inviting to different possibilities entering our reality. And it's just a lot more expansive. So I like to kind of examine and unpack some of the narratives that play into my attitude towards a certain topic, especially when I feel limited in a certain area of life. So I spent a ton of time calling into question any and all narratives in relation to money and career because just on a personal level, the narratives that I was kind of buying into, the beliefs I had, didn't feel good, didn't feel supportive, didn't feel expansive. So I like to just reflect on the extent to which the narratives that I have about anything activate me towards what it is that I desire. So as I mentioned, obviously the first part of this process is being able to validate the fact that you do have that desire and getting clear on that, like anything. I would like to have stronger friendships. I would like to have more friends. I would like to feel belonging in friendships. Those are all very valid desires, but oftentimes we don't allow ourselves to even want that because of any number of things. Maybe it's embarrassing to admit that to ourselves and to others any number of things. So the first step, as I mentioned, is just being able to give ourselves permission to desire that and then call into question anything that's kind of getting in the way of that happening. And so I noticed this, especially when I posted the question on Instagram. And as I said, I'm not, I'm not 
saying that these things aren't true, but they're not the only truth that exists. So a lot of my own internal narratives were reflected back to me when I posted this question. So a lot of people saying it's hard or even impossible to make friends in your 20s. And a lot of people saying specifically about Vancouver, and I'll get into this in a minute, this city is so hard to make friends in, or maintaining friendships is hard. A lot of the narratives that we have collectively about friendships are that they're very hard and that they're impossible to make and that friends that are aligned to us are hard to find. So again, I certainly understand that there is validity in these narratives, But the question is, what does it feel like to believe and then act from that place? And if those narratives are activating a reality that feels good to you, then that's fine. But for me, narratives like this don't help me to gain momentum towards a reality that I actually desire. Generally, what I notice is that when I feel like something is going to be hard, it is, or I close myself off to it. Because again, when our mind thinks that something's going to be very hard or even impossible and it thinks it's going to have to put in a lot of effort for that thing to happen, sometimes it's understandable for it to just not want to go there or for it to be overwhelmed. So as I mentioned, I wanted to give a specific example of this. One of the most common things I heard prior to and then since moving to Vancouver is that it's just so challenging to make friends here. I remember when I was moving, I was getting all sorts of comments and opinions and hearing this all over the internet. So I'm already going into my move with this expectation of difficulty before even having any personal firsthand experience with it. And I think what can happen is that we can kind of just start to align more and more to these narratives without literally having any firsthand experience with it. And that's not the case for everyone. I know some people do have first-hand experience, but coming into it with this expectation meant that I didn't really give myself the opportunity to experience it and perhaps experience it in a different way. So it's almost like the story for me is already written and I'm not really an active participant in it. So I'm allowing somebody else's experience and somebody else's narrative to stop me from being able to form my own. And again, this doesn't just go for forming friendships. It goes for things like marriage, going to university, starting a family, starting a business. I just generally find from my own perspective, these conversations and narratives are so skewed towards all of the struggles and challenges and difficulty, which isn't to say those aren't valid. And I think the intent is to prepare people and provide some perspectives so that we don't have this kind of rose-tinted glasses. However, I think there is so much opportunity for one person to experience something in a completely different way than another person. It would always frustrate me when I would hear people kind of tell me what it's going to be like for me before I even was able to experience that thing. So for example, when I was moving in with my partner, hearing that, oh, the first couple years are so difficult, you know, get ready. And so again, I think it's not necessarily to say that there isn't validity in those types of statements, but maybe it's a matter of shifting the way that we share these types of experiences more towards this is these are some of the things that I had trouble with and that I would like to kind of offer as a way of 
making you feel less alone if you do struggle with that, but also recognizing that you may have a completely different experience and our lives aren't going to be or going to look the exact same. And I know that we're talking about friendship here, but I also really, really found this with starting my own business. I would hear so many people just share horror stories with me and share you know, they have a family member who's self-employed and how hard their life has been and how much of a lack of stability. And it's just so, it's weird to me that we feel like we need to do that. I remember my mom talking about this when she was expecting my younger brother. She would get so many kind of negative comments about the process that she was going through about, you know, oh, my birth was horrific and good luck with that. And I I just don't think it's always necessarily the most helpful and productive to, especially in the case of starting a business, what I began to notice was people who hadn't actually really gone through the process themselves. So we're just kind of circulating these narratives based on what we've seen in the past from people we know or other people that we have heard from without having really experienced it ourselves and then not ever being able to question the validity of that or the application to our own lives. And so I think it can be discouraging when we have the desire to do something and everything that we hear about that thing is negative or is skewed in favor of all of the challenges that we may face. So it's just an opportunity to call into question that process. I think It's something that I continue to hear. And I think on one hand, about friendship, I think on one hand, hearing something like it can be challenging to make friends in this city or it can be challenging to make friends in our 20s, that can help us to feel less alone. But when it gets a little bit out of balance is when we allow the potential challenge that we may face that we don't even know because we haven't tried it yet to allow us or to prevent us from even trying. I've also just observed that, again, when the majority of conversations seem to be skewed and the majority of narratives seem to be skewed in favor of challenge and struggle, I've noticed that it's almost like we feel ashamed or guilty to say that something in our lives is fun, exciting, or easy because it feels more virtuous or valid to have had a significant sense of struggle. And the reason I bring this up is to simply reflect on the question of what does aligning myself to this narrative or belief activate in my life? Does it bring me closer to how I want to live? And it's not that we have to bypass negativity or challenges and have rose-tinted narratives about everything, but it's simply about opening up to having a different experience when the narratives we align to or what we've been told or what we've inherited feel limiting. When it comes to these types of narratives, for me, it's not always about swapping it for the complete opposite of that. So going from it's hard to make friends to it's easy to make friends, for example, or to slap on some sort of affirmation that I don't fully believe yet. We don't have to deny our mind's need for things to make sense, be logical, and be reasonably believable. So the reality is if the narrative it's easy to make friends creates dissonance because we're split between wanting to believe it 
to be true, but not really believing it because perhaps we never have experienced it. Everyone's telling us that it's different. I think it's a lot easier in these cases to just try to neutralize the negative or limiting narrative. And my favorite way to do this is to literally just ask questions. This to me energetically opens me up rather than closing me off and shutting me down. So like I said, I sort of allowed the narrative that it's hard to make friends in Vancouver, for example, almost as an excuse to close myself off and not even try. So by asking myself really simple questions, do I know this to be true? Have I experienced this for myself? Am I willing to be open to a different experience, a new experience? What if it could be easier to make friends? In doing so, we don't completely reject the validity of our fears, insecurity, and experiences others have shared with us, but we open ourselves up to having a new experience. Our mind then starts to seek answers to these questions versus the finality of it's hard to make friends, which doesn't really invoke the same exploration. So this to me is a much more expansive experience that allows us to be curious and experiment and evolve and doesn't allow the circumstances and experiences we've had so far in life dictate what the next thing is going to look like. There's more of an openness. So when I started to notice, or what I noticed, I should say, when I started shifting the narratives that I had about friendship was that I actually was more willing to try because I was actively wanting to see and open up to a new experience. And so for me personally, I've been in Vancouver for three years now, and two of those years were COVID, and I've had a different experience from what I came into it believing, which was that it was going to be hard to make friends. That was what I kept hearing. Even when I moved here, I would say 90% of the conversations are kind of perpetuating this narrative. That's not been my experience, and I don't say that to take away from the validity of people having had that challenging experience. I'm saying it to open up to a different narrative if you feel limited by this narrative and hopefully expand you into being able to see it as not being hard or just being able to neutralize that narrative that you have. Once we have this sense of openness, let's talk about one of the parts of friendship that I think is so intimidating for many of us, which is the initiation. So as I mentioned before, I feel like there is some shame and embarrassment about putting ourselves out there and actively seeking friends, kind of like that saying, the fear of being seen trying. The fear of being seen as someone who hasn't got the friendship department all figured out and is trying to. But I kind of like to think of this process like dating. It's hard to meet someone if we haven't really created any openings for that to happen. So for instance, in dating, creating those opportunities by trying different activities where we might meet someone or putting up a dating profile. I think there's this romanticized idea that we'll organically just stumble into someone in the grocery store or in the subway, which I'm not denying can happen. But again, I think it comes back to, have we gotten our minds on board here? Do we reasonably do we reasonably believe that this type of experience will happen to us? If so, that's great. But if not, what are some openings in our life, in our life, wow, I cannot speak today, that we can create that we reasonably believe will give us that opportunity to meet someone? On an energetic level, when we get our minds on board, we're basically saying yes to having that experience. So I think the same can be true for friendship. And honestly, I'm a big advocate for using the tools 
that we have at our disposal disposal to our advantage. So our phones and the internet, basically. I will say that the majority of the friends I've formed since moving here to Vancouver have been through the internet. So whether that's social media, different online groups, and even Bumble BFF, which if you're not familiar with it, it's basically like a regular dating app. Well, it's Bumble, so you still use Bumble, but it's a different interface and it's for meeting friends. I met one of my first and still closest friends on Bumble BFF and I understand it can feel cringy, but the reality is everyone else on there is in the same boat in the same way that everyone on Tinder is in the same boat and everyone on Hinge is in the same boat. And actually using this app expanded me because I was able to dispel the narrative that everyone else was better off in the friendship department because I was able to see how many people were on that app and basically in the same position as I was. And beyond that, I recognize this isn't always the easiest, but putting myself out there in different ways, trying new activities has been a really good way to meet new people. I worked at a ski mountain for a season. I attended different events and classes and workshops and just like dating recognizing that not every single person that we meet is going to be a match and so it does require kind of meeting different people and seeing where that goes and listening to how we feel in those environments and seeing whether we feel as though this is a type of dynamic that we feel comfortable in and we feel safe in and that is aligned to what we desire. The last thing that I want to share, which has become a big, big priority for me, is this idea of quality over quantity. This has become huge because I, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, had just noticed myself becoming spread too thin. Growing up, I really wanted to have as many friends as possible because it made me feel safe and important. And even in adulthood, I find myself sometimes envious of people with these huge groups of friends. But I'm just coming to terms with the fact that this chapter of my life is actually the opposite, and I'm not saying it will be like this forever, but I'm realizing that I want to invest more of myself into fewer friendships. Now, it's not to say I'm cutting people out, but I'm kind of able to drop the expectation of maintaining certain friendships in the exact same way I have in the past. So always being in touch and up to date on every single aspect of my friends' lives. For me, it just spreads me way too thin to try to do this with so many different people, especially when we're kind of dispersed across different cities, different time zones. So really, there's two things here. Number one, I am accepting the evolution of certain friendships, even if they look different from how they used to, and I'm not interpreting that to be a bad thing. And number two, I'm more accepting of not having a strong connection with a new friend and not putting pressure on myself to continue to invest myself into that friendship. Every friendship is different and what's required to kind of maintain every friendship is different and I think that's important to recognize. I have some friends that I won't speak to for months or even a couple of years and then we reconnect and it's like nothing changed. And for a while, I felt like we had to be in touch all the time, but it just feels more natural with these friends to operate from that dynamic, and that's okay. But then on the other hand, I think resentment or tension can build when two people aren't really on the same page with respect to things like effort and energy invested and expectation and interest and communication 
because it kind of creates this imbalance. And I've been on both sides of the spectrum here, especially when I'm on the receiving end of the imbalance. Something that I quite often will ask myself is, would I tolerate this if I were in a new intimate partnership? And I'm still kind of figuring out this balance because, of course, friendship is different from intimate partnerships, but there are some dynamics that I think we are a lot more forgiving of in friendships that down the line can create resentment. For example, a big one for me is flakiness, and if I get flaked on multiple times, you know, recognizing that we all have a past and history and how that could make someone feel, and don't get me wrong, I... I'm not, I can, I have been on both sides of this. So, you know, what it feels like to be flaked on, what it feels like to be left hanging or to just feel like the other person doesn't care, isn't really putting in any effort. We have to give ourselves credit and say that I think we are intelligent and we can pick up on these things just like we can sense when we're dating someone that they're not as interested as we might be. And I do think that opportunity, or excuse me, I do think that relationships of any form give us the opportunity to grow in new ways. And for me, in a big way, I've been needing to grow is being more communicative, not being afraid to say when something feels imbalanced or if I'm feeling frustrated in some way. Because what I found is that actually has the potential to increase the longevity of friendship. Whereas my narrative in the past was if I say something, This person's going to be upset with me or feel badly, but it also gives the other person an opportunity to respond to this and to adapt if they, if they care about the friendship rather than just dropping it altogether, because it can be a lot easier to just let a friendship go than it can be to communicate our needs and to be honest with another person. And the flip side of this is also being ready to receive feedback or communication from friends who are offering me the same opportunity without immediately jumping to the defense. A few months ago, I had a friend communicate with me that she was upset about something that I did. And my first impulse was to basically go into fight or flight and jump to my own defense and justify my actions. And in the process kind of invalidate the feedback that she was offering me but I kind of sat with it for a bit and realized that what she had pointed out to me was something valid and something that I wanted to work on so we were able to just have a really non-combative conversation about it and that just kind of shifted my perspective about what it means to be upset or angry with someone that doesn't necessarily mean that you're unsafe or that the friendship is going to end but that this person is giving me the feedback and the opportunity to ultimately be a better friend, not just to her, but also to others. Okay, this episode has shaped out to be a lot longer than I initially anticipated, but I think it's been a really good one. I definitely felt like this was a big topic that keeps coming up within my circles and within my spaces, so I'm grateful to finally have been able to kind of sit down and talk about it and I'm still learning I'm still growing in this area and I'm still continuing to bring awareness to how I want to be who I want to be as a friend and yeah that's really beautiful to be on that journey with all of you so thank you as always for listening I hope that you enjoyed and I will see you in next week's episode 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.